Welcome back to the Baguette Boys and You podcast. As always, I am your host, and my name is Derek. Also, as always, I am joined by Con Man and Ricardo. How's it going, my dudes? Hey, the Con Man is here and ready for action, baby. Hola. Como estas? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Ricardo is here. <laughs> yeah. Well, bring out the spicy man today. Spicy Ricardo. I want to see it. Oh, yeah? I don't have my mustache anymore, so... We'll he doesn't. See. He can't channel his inner spiciness if he doesn't have a yeah. stash. That's true. <laughs> cool. All right. So we are starting a new theme for the next few episodes today, and that theme is called "It's All on You." So it's pretty. It's a pretty daunting theme to tackle, but we're excited to do it. And when we feel it's important to hit and emphasize, so it's going to be a fun few episodes. But on that, we we have a pretty special guest today to help us tackle that daunting load because it is again all on you. It's a lot of pressure. You know, we need some help. He has a very familiar voice on this show, and I am so happy to be sitting right next to him in the same room. Austin Jojo Johnson. Tell the people on the interwebs how you're doing. What's up, guys? I'm doing excellent. Feeling great. Um, stoked to do another episode. Nice. Welcome back on the pod, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Back at it again. <laughs> With the podcast. <laughs> that joke sucked. That's a good... No, I don't know. Did that sing? I think that was good. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we start off every episode the same way, which is reviewing our challenge from last week. We had some fun with this one. If you check out our Instagram page, we we went above and beyond. And I did some Photoshop magic to make us look special for Instagram. So the challenge was to take a selfie and write down three things you love about yourself. Um, I honestly forgot what I wrote down because I just it was for the Instagram page. But I, I liked it a lot. It was kind of uncomfortable looking at my face for that many selfies and yeah i don't know i just felt weird but it was a good challenge and it definitely made me appreciate my features quick question how long how many photos did you guys take or did you just do one and done one and done <laughs> yeah well i mean yours wasn't a real selfie someone else took it for you ah, of course yeah, um, come on come on shots <laughs> fired i probably took like i don't know six or seven or eight takes because i was still kind of self-conscious about it but Right. at the end of the day i was just i sent them a text i sent you guys a text afterwards i was just like at the end of the day like you gotta just be confident you just gotta you are who you are basically like just fucking own it that's the whole purpose of the challenge right the self-love about it i mean it's, it's definitely awkward especially being young men posting a selfie is not the not the way the society has drawn us to do it and we kind of stepped out of that bubble and Said, you know what? Why, let's show some love to ourselves. Let's let's get into that uncomfortable area, and uh, that's exactly what we did. And so I love the challenge. It really brought us out of our comfort zone, and it kind of got us into this new light of you know showing things that we might not have been so confident about, but we're learning to love it. We're learning to love us and be our authentic selves. And I think that's a an important factor to get out of that. Definitely, I, I had a good time with the the challenge too. Kind of nailed it. So. Yeah, I'm glad we had fun. So let's uh let's roll on into our year review, which this week it is Richie's turn to let us know how he's doing. I'm ready, excited to hear it. Excited to hear that I've been not doing too hot on my goals, but uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I again I think this year or this month rather, my month has been going pretty off the rails from a from a goals perspective. Um, but just a lot of like life stuff happening and i think that you know that kind of sometimes that's gonna happen shit happens i kind of said that on instagram yesterday you know 
bunch of stuff, you know, piled on to me this month with moving and everything else. Um, and so I didn't really spend too much time on my goals, but I have, you know, spent some time on it. And I think this week, you know, it's the last week of February. And, you know, if I want to catch up and do some things, I definitely have the opportunity within the next week to, to kind of get after it. Um, so I'll just give you guys a little bit more of an update on, you know, what exactly I have done. Because some of, some of them I have actually gotten some stuff done and some of them I haven't. So uh, for launching a business, I actually been talking to Derek a lot about this. Um, and I honestly just don't like the current way that it's going. Um, I, you know, I don't like the idea of just building this website and that's kind of it. And so I really wanted to build something. I want to build like an actual like product. And so I'm definitely going to, I'm going to be changing this. So my goal for February was to build the menu bar for the website. And honestly, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do this type this business. I'm going to um, change the business altogether and do something else, do a totally different thing. Something I'm more passionate about, something that kind of makes me more excited and something I can just kind of, you know, not, I can work on it unconsciously and then I and just kind of move forward. Um, right now, it's just like, it's such a pain to work on the website and it's, I don't know why it's just something, I, it's not something I'm passionate about and I'm having a tough time because I'm not passionate about it and just kind of became aware of that and was just like, I, you know, I can't do this. It's not, it's not healthy for me to work on something that I don't even want to work on. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't get excited about it. And so I'm going to be changing it. I'm going to be doing something totally different. And the rest of this month, I want to finish out like a proof of concept for it. Um, and so basically what I'll be doing is, uh, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but ultimately just finishing the proof of concept of something, uh, of the new product that I'm going to be going down and kind of send it out to some of my family and friends for their thoughts and kind of feedback and kind of go from there. Um, for my next goal to read a book a month, I'm reading Atomic, Atomic Habits. So we'll definitely probably, we'll definitely get into that a little bit more probably, um, the next couple weeks or episodes, uh, definitely at the rest at the bottom of this one, but you know, it's really, it's really a good book. It's actually very interesting and I've learned a lot and I'm, you know, I keep messaging Connor about it because he's also reading it and kind of just talking about all the different things that, you know, comes with this book, all the things they tell you and all the things you're learning and picking up on, you know, you do all these things, everything we do in life is like built, built off of some type of habit. It's really strange. I didn't really understand it. And, you know, you don't realize you make coffee in the morning, like just out of natural, um, just being like, you just, you do, you do one task and then all of a sudden you're just making coffee and you don't really think about it. It's just a habit that you have. And it's crazy. It's crazy how everything's kind of intertwined in your day and how there's all these habits in your life. Um, and the final, final goal I have here is complete a master class. Um, and this one, this one's as Derek said last week, like this is the rent of the litter for me right now. Um, and it's something I'm really actually excited about and passionate about, but uh, it's just something that is, it's been low on my priority list. Uh, low, you know, low man, uh, it's been the low thing. Like, I, it's not something I want to spend time on right now. I don't know why. Um, it's just something that I've been like putting to the back burner because I have so many other things going on. Um, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm not probably not going to get through it for the end of the month, but it's something that I'll, you know, continually have to work on and continually make time for. Um, with my new apartment, I'm hoping since I'll have an office that, uh, I'll definitely be making more time for this. Um, it's hard to work on something like a masterclass or learning when you're just doing it in bed, you know, when you're doing it in your room, um, or you're doing it in the coffee table, 
you know, it's just, it's just not like set up for success. And I'm hoping with this new office and this new apartment, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more set up for success. So I think that's my year. It's going all right. February, um, a lot of cra crazy stuff happened, moving and all this stuff and a lot of packing and everything else. My brother came too. So just a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I haven't been doing, I haven't been super on top of it, but going to be getting after it the past, the next week here. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Nice dude. It's not bad. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're failing if you think you're failing. I think you've gotten a lot done, especially with launching your business. I mean, I think that's the purpose of experimenting. You're, you're kind of going through a bunch of ideas and seeing which one resonates the best. And right now you're kind of stuck on one and you're, you're fired up about it. And I think that's the, the beauty about entrepreneurship is you get to experiment with a bunch of things. And, you know, although it's a month and a half into the new year, I think you've succeeded tremendously. Um, and reading a book a, a month, you're on to your new one. I think that's a great one. And of course, your masterclass, like for me, DJing is is low on the totem pole. And sometimes those low ones get pushed to the side because life gets in the way, right? You're moving. That's a, that's a huge step. And I think we, we've been talking about it all month, about how busy you are and how much you're doing. And you're doing it by yourself. You don't have nobody to help you. So yeah, I, I would give yourself a little bit more of a, a break than being harsh about it because you're just, you're just going to get yourself prepped up for, for March, for April. Uh, and now that you have a new apartment, you have spaces for certain things. I think that's going to really step up your game tremendously. You, you said it yourself, trying to do things in your bedroom where you sleep, where you do everything, or you do something in your living room. Like That's why people have a hard time working out at home because they, they try to work out in the same spot that they relax in. And it's almost impossible to do things like that. And so for you to segment little areas, I think it's just going to be the next level. So I'm excited for what you have coming for you in the next couple months. Damn, dude. Just making me blush over here. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Fire you up, baby. You're... <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the whole room thing because that's something that they mentioned in Atomic Habits too was just like, even if you have a really, really small apartment, if you just kind of designate certain areas as this is my where I eat, this is where I sleep, this is where I this, this is where I that, then like it makes it easier for you to kind of get into different rhythms. And so like, for example, like I'll have an office space, I'll have somewhere I can work out, somewhere I can sleep, and somewhere I can just hang out and do random stuff. And the idea, hopefully, for me is just like I can be more productive and get the things I want to get done uh, easier. So like this, the moment I step in the office, it's game time, baby. Like, let's get to work. Right? I got to get yeah. after this business. I got to get after this. I got to get after that master class, whatever it is. Um, but the second I walk into, you know, where I'm going to work out, you know, that damn, you better get ready because uh, I'm going to be playing some like, hardcore me metal music or something so I can get <laughs> after it in the gym. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I mean, that's why people always tell you to get right out of bed and don't get in your bed until you want to go to sleep. Because a lot of the times that people live in these like studio apartments or one bedroom apartments and they have their TV across them from their bed, they have a hard time staying asleep or, you know, even going to sleep. But when you start to designate little areas, it triggers your mind and it's an immediate like snap into this mode, snap into that mode. So, dude, I'm pumped. I can't wait to visit you too. So it's gonna be fun. I wanted to ask Richie, I mean, I've been talking, obviously we talk a lot, but how, how are you feeling this month? I know you didn't do super well on your goals, but I, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you're not feeling too down about it, right? No, I don't feel down about it. I just, I knew, I knew it was going to be a tough month already just because we're, I'm going to be doing, I was going to move, you know, and moving is not an easy task. <laughs> and, I don't know. and it's funny because like,
I had an elevator and everything, and like I came over here and I'm on the sixth floor and no elevator, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like Connor <laughs> sent me a Connor sent me a text of my whoop score, and it was like the top score, the most you can exert energy you can exert in a single day is rated at 21. And on yesterday or Friday, I was at 20.5. Like it could physically not do anything else the rest of the day. Like I was so dead. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's better that I've like kind of weeded out the fact that I don't want to do this business. I want to do something else. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with changing on the fly and being like just wanting to do something else. Um, I'm a little bit down on myself for the master class, but at the end of the day, what about, what was I going to do? I think um, I think that's something where I, you know, I could have spent less time watching Netflix. I could have spent less time doing this and probably could have spent time there. And that's where I'm a little bit more hard on myself about that. Um, the Atomic Habits book like that I'm reading, I, I only have like two and a half hours left. So I'm not too down on myself. I'm like, I'm pretty close. Um, and, you know, whenever I'm doing anything, whenever I'm walking around the neighborhood or anything, I'll always just turn it on and just kind of get something out of it. Like I was doing laundry and I was just listening to it. So, you know, I, I'm getting everything I can out of the situation that I'm in, but you know, it is what it is. The life happens, shit happens. So just got to keep moving forward. Love it. I actually have a follow up for you. And then this is actually can apply to all of us. Would you rather finish your master class and uh, Atomic Habits like halfway? In the month or would you rather finish one completely <laughs> completion of a task or how much work in progress you have yeah i think in an ideal state an ideal world you want to get just get shit done so knocking out something would be better per se um but since we're at, like beginning of the month i would rather have started both and not gotten either either one of them done and like kind of like gotten really close or gotten you know good amount of traction because it's more about building a consistency at this point, like moment in time, like we're so early in the year, I think that you just want to build consistency. So you want to spend time doing it and you'll change your goals next time for how to make, best make the situation better or actually complete the task. You just kind of make lessons learned along the way. Good answer. I like that. Richie, what habits have you noticed from um, applying that book to your life? Like what habits have you picked up on? Um, I think we'll get toward that towards the bottom of the episode too, but it's, it's just funny how they talk about, you know, smokers and all these other people. And like, they just have this natural habit of, I feel this. So therefore to address that feeling, I need to do this or I can do this and people build these habits and that might be coffee or whatever. Like I feel tired. Therefore I should drink coffee to address my like being tired and your habits are all kind of built like that. Like I do this, therefore I do like, I feel this, therefore I do this. And you have, you have a lot of habits, right? Like I feel my mouth is feels dirty. Therefore I need to brush my teeth in the morning. Um, you know, so there's all these kind of like things that we do. Um, some of the things that I've noticed even more is like how you kind of connect certain habits together. And I forget exactly how he talks about it, but basically layering the habits together. So if you're a mom or a dad and you're dropping your kid off at work and you decide, hey, every day after I drop my kids off at work, I'm going to work out. Um, And that becomes a habit of yours, right? But that habit is also limited to the fact that if I don't drop my kids off at work, I therefore do not work out. Or sorry, if I don't drop my kids off at school, I therefore will not work out. Um, And so it's just weird how kind of these things are intertwined and it's kind of, it's cool to pick up on. 
because now I'm you're just kind of looking at yourself and like, what am I doing? Am I doing this? Like uh, in the mornings, what's kind of my routine? And if you don't have a routine, if you don't have these things, all right, like how can I layer in certain things so that I can? How can I meditate in the morning? How can I like Connor loves to stretch before he goes to bed and when he wakes up. So how can I layer that in? How can I do this? And you try to just couple every day after I brush my teeth, I'm going to start stretching. Like, okay, like that's your new thing. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting how it all kind of intertwines and how everything's kind of interconnected for, for how you do your habits um, and how you make, you know, make good habits and bad habits form. Yeah, that makes sense. Finding like a method that fits into your day, if it like fits into your day and ties into your rhythm, you're like way more likely to do it. It'll stick more. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Well, I know it wasn't the month you hoped for in terms of your goals, but I think it was a good month nonetheless. You moved. So good job for doing all that stuff. Let's go on into our modified. Oh, wow. I feel like I, <clears throat> excuse me. I guess I just took a little smoke break by accident. Um, let's go on into our interview for the guest. It's modified since Jojo came on. He's our recurring best friend guest over here. So we're going to drill into some different areas. But um, to start off with, Jojo, just give a recap of like a little bit of background and like kind of your motivation into this like personal development space. Yeah, for sure. Um... This kind of like ties into my mission statement in life is to eliminate as much suffering as you can in the most efficient way possible. In order to do that, I think you should look inward and improve yourself and you improve yourself through um, just applying different types of, of wellness techniques, meditation, yoga, getting after it and things like that. So it literally ties into my mission statement and purpose for being alive, you know? Which is to reduce suffering. Yeah, eliminate as much suffering eliminate. in the most efficient way possible to return a life of value and meaning. Nice. So, sorry, if I heard that right, you have basically determined, like, hey, this is what my mission is mm -hmm. for just in life in general. Um, and you mentioned that twice now. Like, it's about, like, ending suffering in the most efficient way possible, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and to... And to like that last part in the most efficient way possible, well, you could do that by making yourself better. And if you become a better version of yourself, you could eliminate more suffering. So sure. Why did you decide to build a mission statement for your life? Um, that's just kind of like the way my brain operates. It's something that always you have like a schematic. I literally made like a flow chart of like how this thing works. And it's like posted on my vision board. So anything, anytime that I feel like getting derailed or anything, it's almost impossible because I always have that schematic to look back to and everything is just aligned. Like I always tell people like, I could definitely get like sad and like bummed out, but I don't think I'll ever get like super depressed or like, you know, get super off the wheels on some things because I always have that foundation and that, and I'm always on a track, you know, and that mission statement is the pinpoint of that, you know? That is that is where my life is going. That is the guide rail. I, I this might be a little tough question to answer, but for those that deal with anxiety or stress from outside forces, right? They, it's not something that directly affects them, but it indirectly affects them. How do you continue on this mantra of wanting to whatever your actual mantra is? Mm, I see what you're saying. Um, just try your best, I guess would be my response to that. I, I got like a lot of, I used to be like super, super socially weird more than I am now. Like I got nervous talking to people and I was one of those people that would like rehearse what I'm going to say to like everyone. 
-hmm. like even it's just like a simple conversation over beer like i'd be in my head so much and i think meditation helped me kind of be present more and like not think about those type of things so i think just working on mindfulness would help a lot with those scenarios and not get so hard on yourself you know don't bash yourself trying to you know i'm so anxious i'm so depressed um i can't do anything just take it easy on yourself yeah i mean i think i think you're on the right track with meditation and mindfulness i think that's a big practice that i've started to adapt and start to learn more about because it has so many benefits for the mind and for the body how do you go about meditation what is one thing that you try to always come back to your mantra do you just let the thoughts go by like what is your meditation practice? How long do you meditate for? Does it vary day in, day out? What's what's kind of your ideal? When do you do it too? Yeah, there's a, so I change up my routine a little bit. There's basically four things that I do every morning. I used to just do them like sporadically throughout the day. Or like I would um, do like one in the morning, one in the afternoon. But now I have, you know, working virtually, kind of privileged and have about an hour block. I could just wake up and sit down and knock everything out. So I wake up, I'll do breathing. The breathing is about a 15 minute drill. And then after that, I'll do um, um, yoga, 30 minutes, like power core. And then I'll do a meditation on the app. It's called Calm or Headspace 2. Mm, that's like yes. 10 minutes. And then I'll do a journal entry in my notebook that sits right next to my yoga mat. And that journal entry, I just write like um, three good things that happened, three bad things that happened, and how to fix it or like... Um, how to like counter it basically. And then I just kind of write a little blurb on how I'm feeling for the day. And those bad or good things, are those happen throughout the week, the month? Cause you're obviously doing it in the morning, so. It's usually the previous day or like the day of something more immediate. Okay, mm -hmm. nice. And with yeah. the breathing practices, is that something that you created on your own or did you find something that you kind of maneuvered through? Yeah, me and my buddy, Steve, um, he's the guy that got me into jujitsu and everything. Um, he hired a breath coach and me and him got a breath coach. And it, it's literally like a workout plan, like it's in Excel. Yeah. And uh, it was like an eight-week program. So I just followed that guy. But the basics of the morning one is is Wim Hof. Nice. Very cool. cool. Yeah, I think Derek was talking to me about that uh, previously. Very cool. He, he showed it to me and then I was like, Colin, have you ever heard about this? Yeah. Because I tried yeah. it. I, there's there's so many things coming up in the fitness world it's very cool i mean you can get into you know big toe flexibility and you know oh. diaphragm breathing and so there's all these little little intricate things that we can start to develop into uh, good habits and you know you laugh at that derek but big toe flexibility has so much to do with just foundational movements when it comes to fitness and that's how nitty picky we are getting into the fitness world Again, I, I'm going to get off the rails here and I'm going to go <laughs> go mentally psycho on this stuff because I just love learning about these little things. But uh, I love the breathing practices. I love the meditation. Uh, people need to get out of their own way when it comes to that stuff because it really, really does benefit um, in the long run. You might not be perfect at it at first. Like I'm sure, Jojo, how many times have you tried to meditate and you were frustrated with the meditation? Oh, oh dude, it's literally an everyday thing. That's the whole kind of like... Yeah. Uh, message behind meditation like you you try to like become so present and then you're so busy you're so busy you're thinking about x y and z you just got to bring it back gently mm. and just be in the mm. moment yeah and, and i think jill mentioned about it last podcast where you know anytime we think about meditation we think of a monk sitting on a rock in this valley with the wind gently blowing and he's so at peace but you know when are we ever going to get into that situation which is yeah. so true because i think we all have that kind of mindset of like oh that's exactly what meditation should be like but in the real world with 
millions of things racing through our mind. It's just about trying to be as present as possible, being in this moment. That's mm-hmm. what really can resonate and make us feel so much better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely notice like the benefits too. Like I'm one of those people that I'll like run through my schedule like a million times and I'll always do it. Like like towards the end of the day, like, okay, I got this meeting, then I'm under this, then I'm gonna do this. And then like I go through it once and then I'll just like drill it like a hundred times in my brain without even noticing it. But the meditation kind of helps me like, dude, you literally know it's in your outlook, it's in your phone. Just like, (laughs) watch the damn TV episode. Like, (laughs) yeah, for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Is there anything on your vision board that you want to speak to for this year? Um, yeah, I'll talk about my monthly goals. Uh, really quick recap on that vision board. So it's laid out um, on one side, it's split in half. On one side is whiteboard, on the other side is corkboard. On the corkboard side is that writing project that I did, that's self-authoring. So it has my past story, like you divide your life into sections and then you write about those sections in your life and you like extract the most important things for like self-discovery. And then the next section is the future authoring. So like you write about where you want to go. And then there's another section about virtues and faults. So like, what are you good at? And then what are the things like you're working on basically your virtues and faults. And then I have like super long-term goals, like 10 plus years and then like five to 10 years. And then on the left side is the whiteboard. And those are my monthly goals and weekly goals. My monthly goals right now are to get more involved in PM. I'm trying to basically increase my knowledge. So I got a meeting on Monday, actually, um, tomorrow with the chief of PM. And the gist of that meeting is I want to be the absolute best PM that I can because this opportunity that I have in the army is so, so, so incredible. Like I'm literally getting to do what I want to do when I get out of the army. So I'm a fool if I don't take absolute full advantage of this this, uh, amazing opportunity. So I I got a meeting with him to kind of up my game and I'll make sure I'm putting out. And then the other goal was to reach back to my platoon members. I've been, uh, it's been a good few months since I reached out to them. And, um, I think some of the best leaders are, are the leaders that keep those relationships going. It doesn't have to be like an everyday thing, but you know, every few months just say, Hey man, I'm thinking about you. I hope all is well. And, uh, and leave it at that. And what does PM stand for again? Project management. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Dude, you that you you just like inspired the fuck out of me. I'm sorry, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, like I'm 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 proud of you for for like recognizing your opportunity and really going after it. You know. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I suck at reaching out to people, man. That was one of my big goals too. Like, I don't talk to my mom that much. Maybe like once every couple weeks, or like my sisters. I've been trying to be better at like reaching out to people and, and especially members of my platoon too, because that was such a special relationship. Yeah, well, that's actually, I don't know if there's a question going to come out of this, but I think it's super hard to balance ambition, like like all four of us really have, with like maintaining relationships that we want. Like, obviously, you can maintain the ones that are like super close to you if it's like one or two people. But in this day and age of like social media and all these things, there's so many relationships that you'd like to maintain. But if you have like ambition, you're trying to put your head down at work, it's hard to do that. So, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, sometimes it feels like you almost are keeping in touch without keeping in touch because you can see everything that's going on in their life. And you're like, wow, I don't need to reach out to them. They don't need a person to actually communicate to them because they're relying on the social media age. And then we think about ourselves and we're like, damn, this person hasn't reached out to me in a while, but maybe they're thinking the same thing that we are. And we always need that human interaction. You know, With the sunny day out here in the East Coast, 
more people are walking around outside and it's kind of nice to be able to be around people again. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's interesting how the, the tech age and the social media age has really changed socializing. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. It means so much for just to get a genuine thank you or genuine, how are you doing? Like with your voice, not over some words, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. I still have stuff in my throat. It's very annoying. But today we're talking about confidence, which is to me that swagger that someone has when they walk into a room and you feel them. You don't just you don't just see them, you feel them. What makes that person tick? What gives them that air of confidence? Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> today we'll be talking about all this and more. So the first thing I want to talk about with confidence is I want to have the definition out there. So any of you guys, you guys want to give your, your first crack at a definition of confidence? Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. I think it's like finding a balance between on one side you have like super arrogance on the other side you have like a hypercritical always looking inward. So I think it's finding a balance between those two, uh, those two extremes. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Almost like a self-assurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my definition. One word right there. Hyphenated. Self-assurance. Ooh, self-assurance. That's a good one. Well, I'm not going to say my own definition, but I think another aspect to this collective definition we're putting together, I almost think, not almost think, I definitely think that confidence isn't rational. It doesn't, it doesn't have to come from a place of like, because I did this and this is rationally with my feelings, it's like, I feel this much better. I feel like a lot of people can irrationally just be like, have that swagger and like walk around like, I'm the, I'm the shit, you know, I'm confident. So I don't think it has to be anything rational. So if you're a person who is not confident, know that it doesn't have to come from anywhere real. I think there's, there's some instances where that's not true. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, you can you can get confidence from a rational source. I'm not saying that's not the case, but I'm saying a lot of times it doesn't have to be rational. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think even the most, uh, yeah, just you might not have any experience in something and just be like, yeah, I'm super confident in myself, like whatever. Um, I was actually going to bring up the fact of like, Jojo, you took the PMP. You studied months and months and months and months for this thing. Yeah, for sure. Yet going into it, how did you feel? Did you feel confident? Um, that man, I I really struggle with like confidence and like I always like beat myself up. I always get worried about things sometimes. And um, well, I when I finished studying towards like I, I did like a three month of like pretty hard studying because I had such a low confidence with like standardized tests. Oh man, like the ACT, SAT. Like I never considered myself to be smart in that way. So I went into it. Um, I was like, okay, I think I could do pretty well. But those first 10 questions, I was like, oh my God, this is happening. This is happening. Like I only got one shot at this. Don't screw up. But after the, like the first 10 questions, I was able to really chill down and like get a flow going. And I realized I was like, oh, these questions are easy. This was literally easier than the practice test. And then I just hit a flow state and, and crushed it. Yeah, and I think the reason I brought that up is, is I think that, well, you can not rationally have confidence. I think that you can rationally have confidence as well. If I practice, if I practice all the time and I'm practicing one thing all the time, you know, 10,000 kicks the same way every time, then I know on 10,001, I know exactly how it's going to come out and I should be confident in that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that is, there's instances where confidence and rationality are just super intertwined, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when you like when you succeed at something like you have a really good soccer game, basketball game, baseball game. After that, you're like your chest is a little bit higher. Like, man, I just I just crushed that game, dude. I feel 
feel great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you want to start talking sports with confidence? <laughs> they don't go together, do they? Not um, at all. I mean, you get cockiness there too. I think you wanted to talk about that as well, but it's it's a whole different dynamic when you bring sports into this. And I guess you can apply the sports aspect of confidence and cockiness into like the the real life workplace and stuff like that. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so actually kind of hit on a good point. We want to talk about the difference between confidence and cockiness. They're often talked about in the same breath and that very important to know the, the difference because one is pretty good and one is not so good. So uh, what do you guys think the difference between confidence and cocky is? Oh, uh, anytime I see somebody that's cocky, I think somebody who uh, <laughs> it, I, I I almost laugh at them because you can almost sense the cockiness come off of them. And I know that's not even a definition for for what I'm trying to describe, but like the confidence is that's, like I said, the self-assurance, but very calm under pressure. They don't, they don't fear the mistake because they know they can handle it. Where I think the cockiness, you can, you get the sense that almost like an imposter syndrome where they, they might not be able to be there, but they are there and they're just like, "I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got this. I don't know. It's a little tough. I always get in my own head about these things because it's so similar and yet they are, they're so distinctly different in how you act throughout whatever you're doing. I, as you're talking, I realized that what, what clicked for me, what the difference is, is with cocky, there's a little bit too much pride. Mm. With confidence, you're just self-assured. You're just going through your day. You're like, no, if this comes around, I'm going to do it. But if with cockiness, it's like, like I gotta show everyone up. I didn't. I need to be. I I'm so proud of myself. And I just yes. To, the the I'm show people up. The show people yeah. up thing is is really the cockiness part of it. Yeah, it's like cockiness is confidence, but you also let your ego go. Confidence is being confident and then also controlling your ego. For example, like you could be, you know, a black belt and be say like, oh, I could beat the shit out of everyone, but also you're just a a beginning black belt. There's still people that are so much better than you and that could destroy you. You just have to keep your ego in check. Yeah, actually, when I think of confidence versus cockiness, I actually think of like quiet confidence versus like the Conor McGregor walk is like more <laughs> cocky. And yeah. so like I think cockiness is like very loud and out there and like and I think confidence is like more quiet and like you, you yeah. you're self-assured, right? Like it's the mentor. And then I think that's right. I think you're self-assured in the sense that you know you know you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this thing well. The cockiness is like I'm gonna I could go out there and like, yeah, I'm the fucking man and I'm going to win. And I know this. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they're yeah. totally different. The champ does what the fuck he wants. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're both named Connor. That's why. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I'm walking around my, walking around the room, my shoulders swagged out. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the cockiness can really, I mean, I think about it more with sports because I think we talked about it last episode where my whole life, has been around soccer except for these past couple years. So everything, every example that I always have will relate back to the sports atmosphere, unfortunately. I wish I could have more examples on that, but you know, the confidence walking out on into a championship game, not feeling the pressure of this is your last game or you have to win to win the championship. Um, but like cockiness going out there and knowing you're gonna win rather than going and playing the game minute by minute, you're already out there you're like, oh, I got this. I, I do got this. And I think that can really be detrimental, especially if something catches you by surprise that you weren't prepared for. That's where I think confidence can really start to level people up and not cockiness. Because if the cockiness is there and something's thrown at you in a, in a, different, atmos- in a different environment, you're just not ready for it. 
And that's when I think people really separate themselves from that championship level to that great level. Big time. I love that example and that, that, that way to put it. You also made me think of like cockiness for the most part is bad, but there are times where it can be like really fun and like lighthearted. And I say that in the sense of like, when you have a rivalry with someone, you just kind of like just shooting the shit. Um, I, as you guys know, I used to play tons of basketball with Gary and we would always, I mean, we were roommates, just best friends for a while, just always talking shit to each other, but it was always really fun. When we played team basketball, we would play seriously and have confidence like you should in basketball. But when we did one-on-one, we'd just be jawing at each other. Just be like, ah, oh, man, you suck. No, I'm, I'm way better than you. It's having, owning that cockiness to each other. And that, that's, that's light and fun, right? You don't have to use your cockiness to, to ruin the team. It's just having fun with your friends. I have a quick question, maybe for all three of you, and it doesn't matter who answers this, but because you guys have been in more of the, the corporate setting than I have. Do you guys see where people are, you know, cocky in coding or even with you, Richie, like, do you find your higher ups to be a little cocky at times or people below you to be cocky? I mean, even you, Jojo, in the military, do you find people to be overconfident or very cocky in their abilities? And do you think that really hinders growth when people want to succeed in that? Oh, dude, 100 percent. You want to talk about some cocky assholes. You look at the army, like, <laughs> especially when you get into combat arms, man, like people just walk in with their chest out. I'm hot shit. I'm going to let everyone know. And it's it's tough to find a leader that like really strikes that balance of, hey, this is what we're doing. And I'm going to drive this to the point and we're going to execute. But I'm also not going to destroy your lives and, and, and be an arrogant prick, basically. Mm. Arrogance, another another one I want to talk about with confidence, because I think all three of those really intertwine, and there's a, there's a balance to have with all of it. Because I think I think we're right where some of like some of it is good, like the cockiness in the friendly environment can be good. I think arrogance when you're trying to work on something can be really good. But we can get to that in a different time. But uh, I want to go more on the corporate side because I want to know what you guys think, because I think a lot of people can relate to that because corporate jobs are you know, it's corporate America, <laughs> it's taken over. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are, I, I, I want to know your thoughts when it comes to the confidence and cockiness in that corporate area. Yeah, Richie, do you want to take this one first or do you want me to take a crack at it? You can take a crack at it. All right, so especially in the context of software engineering and coding, it's actually really hard to see cockiness manifest. I think I realized like it's more arrogance because if you're that confident in your ability, you're like, I can take on so much work. I can do all this. And it doesn't come out in meetings. It doesn't be like, it's not like in sports where you see it immediately happen, right? Mm-hmm. Even if someone sounds confident, you're like, oh, sure, they can do that work. And then at the end of it, when they have their deliverable, that's usually when like they, it falls through if they're quote unquote cocky or arrogant. But even then it's like, it's tough to see because with knowledge work, it's not, it's called knowledge work, but it's more like learning work because you don't know everything. You're not hired because you're an expert 20 year veteran of software architecture, you're learning how to, the best way to write software all the time. Mm-hmm. So it really is like putting yourself out there to learn what you're supposed to learn and then perform because you're confident in your abilities. So it's hard to be overconfident, but there is definitely arrogance and rudeness in the industry where people come across as very braggadocious. Mm, yeah, yeah. Curious with uh, project manager over there, Richie, how do you find that? Do you find a lot of people to be cocky on your team? I, I don't want to get too personal with with the work environment but just in your examples or your life have you ever experienced people over cocky or overconfident or just arrogant in general and how do you deal with that being a project manager yeah i think there is definitely cockiness confidence and arrogance um 
throughout any organization, you know, as a project manager, you're not necessarily the one writing the code. So oftentimes you get to, and you're more, I think project managers have a more like emotional, like can like see the emotion and like understand the emotional um, perspective better, like on people, like just kind of people watching a lot of times um, and like listening and kind of giving updates. And so I think you definitely can sense it throughout different engineers and different people um, because, you know, you know, who's good, who's not, who can handle this thing, who can't handle this thing. Why can't they, why can they? Um, you know, what does my upper management want? Uh, how do they want their certain things, you know, delivered to them, like their updates? Um, are they going to take the one that, you know, everybody else uses? Or do I need to build something like very, very specific for them? Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to do that? Like, are they just super busy or whatever? Like, is it just because, you know, they're comp like their arrogance or what? Um, but I think where I'm trying to get this conversation to go towards is more along the lines of like, you can identify it more in meetings in certain meetings and how they present themselves up and down the hierarchy level. Um, if they're presenting themselves with confidence only to the upper management, and then they're going back down to the lower level engineers and being like, Hey, like, how do we actually do this? Um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can pick up on those things cause you're in most of those meetings. Um, so it is, it's rather interesting from a corporate perspective. Um, but I see it more along the lines of like, you, you get, you can't just show the confidence, uh, cockiness or arrogance to one specific demographic at, at an organization. You want to show it all at to all levels. So if I know you're a cocky asshole, uh, or an arrogant asshole, um, you better not just be doing that to the people that are like hierarchy below you. You, you better be doing that up too, because, um, you know, I see that kind of stuff pretty often. Um, you know, they show they show their personality at one to one group, the the lower level people, uh, and they completely change the change that and you know present themselves super respectfully with confidence at the upper management level. It's really strange. So stuff is obviously pretty prevalent in all the workforce industries, and Derek, you've been lead on projects before. Richie, you obviously manage people. Jojo, you've obviously, have you led a platoon? Yeah. yeah. So we've all been in that area where we're leading people. Now, do you find that people who are cocky or arrogant or overconfident to be more successful in those areas? Like, how can we, like, we're on that journey towards success. And do you find that this hinders growth, those that are arrogant or cocky? Or do you find that, it's a big learning process and you have to be a little cocky. You have to be a little arrogant to realize that you are being a little cocky and you are being a little arrogant to then humble yourself to that more confident road of, I got this and I can be calm under pressure. I know I'm not always right. There's always areas to learn, but like in these leadership roles, how do you guys see that? Do you see it in a more growth opportunity or do you feel like it really hinders that growth? And do you feel like those people, never get out of that cockiness or arrogance because I've seen it both ways. I mean, being in a small business, I've worked with the same people for almost three years. So it's hard for me to kind of have this same perspective that you guys do. But when I take it back into soccer, I mean, I was an arrogant player at times. Uh, I really didn't know what I thought I knew until it was put onto me. And I said, Holy shit, I don't even know the game of soccer. Like, my college coach really changed the dynamic of the way I think about the game. 
And right away I was humbled and I was like, damn, I really don't know anything. And it really kind of bummed me out because I was like, damn, as a kid, I wish I'd known this when I was nine because I wonder what type of player I would have been. But we always do that kind of back and forth um, role play. But it definitely helped me grow as a person to be humbled like that really quickly. And it helped me grow so quickly with a growth mindset because I was so, uh, I was on a fixed mindset for a long time. And I was like, oh, I got this. I know I'm good. I got this. I do this. And then I was humbled. So do you find that people that are able to, to kind of recognize that, oh, I am being a little cocky, I am being a little arrogant to, to grow quicker? Or I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I just wanted to kind of get us into a thought more than anything. <laughs> I, I, see, I see the direction of where you're going. And I, uh, I agree and do think that if people can humble themselves and kind of recognize those, those emotions, especially confidence and cockiness, they will be more successful successful in the long run. But I think that goes to a larger point of self-awareness in general. If you're able to like be self-aware outside of your own little per personal bubble, you're going to be able to take over the world, right? Because you recognize that you're not the only person in the world and you need to interact with everyone else. Um, there's one guy I worked with who we were both leads, but we had to interact with each other. And he was the most arrogant piece of shit I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember his name. Actually, no, I do. I'm not gonna say it, but like, I'm not. Yeah, anyway, don't. It, yeah <laughs> it just like God. He he was the the prototypical software engineer that like like reads every tries to read everything and like just bombard you with knowledge and like presents himself like he knows everything, but he doesn't know he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like in the the product sense, he doesn't know. Like it was just really frustrating to work with him because I got in multiple arguments and I'm like, no, that's not. We can't do that. We're not doing that. That is not the way to do it. Um, I didn't handle it the best way in the sense of like getting things done. I definitely argued more than I should have because I'm a naturally argumentative person. <laughs> but um, I think in those situations, especially if someone, if you're dealing with someone like that and you're not kind of stronger willed, just don't let them walk over you is, is I think that in and of itself is success because if someone who's cocky and confident is just going to try and take over the world and no one stops them, then that's not good for the entire team. Well said. I was hoping uh, Mustache Man would say something over there, but he's he's pondering thought. He's looking into the distance with the sun gleaming <laughs> off his face. <laughs> he, needs to sign, he needs to sign an NBA first before he says anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that I can comment too much more than I have from a corporate perspective. Um, I, I do recognize, like as a project manager, I think more so than a lot of different positions, you, you can I recognize a lot of you recognize your people watching a lot right like you're babysitting a lot so you see you see who knows their shit and who doesn't mm -hmm. and who just says they know their shit um or who's the confident person that can say yeah i really don't know this but i could probably pick it up or i can learn this and kind of get it done like th that's something derek does like a lot right like he's working on a project in react right now and he's just like yeah i don't really know it but like i could learn it i could learn it pretty quick and i'll google it i got some that's the biggest freaking thing for the engineers. It's like, hey, did you Google it? If they know how to Google search some shit, like, you know you're in business. Um, oh, but, you know, when, when I think of confidence, and just kind of bring it back to some of the other conversations that we were having, when I think of confidence, you know, the confidence that I have, you know, it's been built off of sports also. And I, I was telling you guys before the call, you know, in baseball, you're going to fail seven out of 10 times when you step in the batter's box and you're going to bat 
300 if you're really, really, really good. And that means you failed seven out of 10 times, but somehow you still need to have the confidence to step back in the batter's box again and again and again. And I kind of want to understand with you guys, that's kind of how I got my confidence is, you know, fail, fail, fail. And kind of helps me throughout my career is like, oh yeah, like I can have confidence in pretty much anything because I believe in myself and I got to step back in the batter's box. But where do you guys get your confidence and how do you guys think that that's helping you guys be successful today? Yeah. Fantastic question. Fantastic question. Yeah. I I do like bringing that perspective into that baseball because, you know, batting 300 is, is exceptional. It's good. (laughs) Um, And I always bring that back into, you know, soccer. I mean, depending on the position, you could rarely touch the ball. And so you have minimal chances to fail because you have to make sure that you do the right thing at the right moment. And that's why you practice. But uh, belief is a huge thing. Self-belief is what drives confidence. Because if you don't believe in yourself, there's no way you can be confident in what you do. And for me, stepping into a completely new world, a new position, working in a small business and managing that small business, I had little self-belief when I started that. And it's the belief that I could do it grew over time, but it was not being arrogant because I really didn't know what I was doing. So I had to put my faith in other people to help coach me and get me to that position. And if I was arrogant or overconfident in what I was doing, I know I would have failed because I knew for a fact there was a lot of things that I didn't know. And so I had to be open up. I had to gain perspective from a lot of other people. And that's what's helped me become more confident in the everyday life that is not soccer. Um, because I think when you play the sport for 20-something years, you have some tor- sort of confidence in yourself because you wouldn't have made it that far if you, didn't get, if you weren't confident. Um, but now in this new world for myself, um, it was definitely self-belief. And you know, I, have, you know, I have my friends telling me that I can do it. Obviously, my family is going to tell me I can do it. And that always helps to have that um, encouragement from an outside source to, to keep you believing, to, to let you know that you are on the right path, you are doing the best you can at any given moment. And so self-belief is a really big thing for me. I think time has been my greatest teacher and just like accomplishing things uh, throughout time. So I would, I'd say I definitely had almost a chronic confidence problem um, throughout wow. middle school and high school and in my younger years, um, younger years, like... It, it was pretty bad. Like, even if I could like do things, I, I would get so tied up in my head and just like bash myself. But as I grew older and like I was accomplishing all the goals that I set, I looked back and I was like, why, why, why do I have this confidence issue if I'm doing everything that I'm, that I'm setting out to do? And then I just looked back at that and be like, I have no issue to be not confident. I, I, I got this. So as I continued to accomplish more things and do what I set out, it's uh, it's kind of canceling out that previous track that I had in my mind. And now I could go, I feel like I could go into things now and be like, yep, I got this. Love that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I, I love that example. I want to dive into that a little bit. Unless Derek, did you want to give an example first? Uh, I'll, I'll answer it quickly so we can dive into JoJo's. Um, but I, I think that when I talked about the confidence being irrational is because it, it hits home for me because I honestly think my confidence sometimes is very irrational. I make decisions that probably don't make any type of sense in any kind of way, but it's just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, Derek wakes up on the left side of the bed. He's like, let's fucking get it today. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to fight? I'll take you guys all on. 
like I don't know. And um, I realize also it's because I, I've been told that I come off as a very confident person, which I think is one of the best confident compliments I can get. But I actually don't think I'm a super confident person at all. It's a lot of times where I like kind of have a lot of self doubt. Where it comes from though is that I was raised with a ton of accountability to like other people and myself and empathy. So I suck at like small decisions. Like, what should I wear today? I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Let me just wear jeans and like move on with my life. But big decisions, it's like, you know what? If I make that decision, I need to like stick to it. I'm, I'm going to stick to it and do the best I can. So but given that, it kind of takes out the indecisiveness of, of big things. So it comes across as confidence in a lot of different ways. Like moving to San Francisco, a lot of things, or Seattle, people can't do that. But I'm like, you know what? I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So it's happening. It's already in my mind. It's already happened. So Jojo, I wanted to dive into what you said about, you know, growing up, not being very confident in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. How do you continually practice confidence and gain confidence in yourself? By continuing to do hard things. Yeah, I think that's a, the short answer is continue to do hard things. Put yourself in sketchy situations where you're growing. Sketchy situations? Uh, sketchy is the wrong word. <laughs> Put yourself in hard things. You're doing hard things. 10-4. Yeah. 100%. You're talking about small wins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not even small wins, but just getting into that being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Because I'm a big believer about complacency can kill you. Because mm-hmm. if you get stuck in the same routine over and over again and you don't try to expand your comfort zone, right? Your comfort zone is continuously growing or shrinking depending on what you do in your everyday life. And if you mm-hmm. continually do the same things over and over again and you don't change anything, that comfort zone is going to get so small where what was on the edge of the comfort zone previously is now going to be so difficult to do that it's unmotivating and then you're not confident, then you're not growing. And then you get into this really depressive state. And unfortunately that happens nowadays. And unfortunately COVID has kind of brought that into this, Um, but getting into that constant growth, trying to get another task done, trying to get those things done. I think Jojo, you hit it right on the nail with, with doing things on a day-to-day basis, just getting those small wins and improving yourself 1% better each and every time. I think that's such a huge thing. So two things, I want to steer the conversation a little differently, but first thing, it's actually that video we saw from Dr. Huberman recently, I think it goes to this point where you don't learn by doing the same thing over and over again that you already know how to do. You learn by like sending literally, literally signals to your brain that something is wrong. So when you fail, you're like, hey, no, that's wrong. The next time you do it, you're gonna, your brain literally knows what to do next time. So I think that's a, another good, that's like, like the physical neurochemical response to trying new things, doing new things. So I just want to point that out. For sure. Second thing, question I want to uh, pose to you guys is the same kind of the same uh, variety. Which, what tips and tricks, like specific little things, do you guys do to increase your confidence? Not necessarily like practices, like to increase your overall confidence, but like, for example, one for me is listening to upbeat, happy music. And I know a lot of people have a lot of different moods and they want to listen to their sad music. That I'm just gonna say doesn't compete with me because I I want to I always kind of like want to be uplifted a little bit, you know, and like want to keep going, get a little bit better and Anytime I'm sad, I try to listen to happy music to get me out of that funk. Um, so that's one example for me, but I'm curious what the three of you have. Music for sure. <laughs> um, anytime I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, why am I in a bad mood? I just put on Martin Garrix and I just jam out and I'm always in a better mood. But yeah. in the beginning, of, yeah, in the beginning of the day, 
I always try to get a couple things done. I, I take notes out of JoJo's book right there, trying to get like, obviously being a little privileged working from home, you have that designated time to get things done and you have that routine, but establishing that morning routine sets you up for success for the rest of the day. Um, one thing that I do every single day for the past couple of years was make my bed. Um, just making your bed, no matter how shitty the day is, you always come back to something that you've done. And I think that's an important concept to grasp, but like little wins in the early morning or the early, early time of day can really, really set you up for success and can always make you feel good going into the rest of the day. Like if you complete four, four to five things in the morning that are simple, whether it's doing some of the dishes, cleaning your room up a little bit, making your bed, journaling, little things like that can just get you into a good mood. And then obviously the day is going to progress and other things can happen, but you always have things that you've done and completed. And I think that can bring confidence to a whole new level. For me, I think it's being on that routine, understanding your routine and kind of just getting into, getting into one and building a routine and kind of letting that kind of guide you. So very much on the same path as Connor. Like if I know like, Hey, every morning I'm going to, wake up, make my bed, brush my teeth, like do those things. Um, I think that can really help with confidence throughout the day. Like you're going into the day with like sense of, some sense of certainty because you just knocked out a bunch of stuff that you were, you know, you didn't necessarily mm-hmm. need to do, but you did it. You got some wins. Um, from like an additional tips and tricks perspective, I was mentioning this at the beginning of the episode. My big thought is that, um, you know, to gain confidence, you need to practice. You need to, you know, depending on what you're going to need to be confident in. And we haven't really talked about practice too much, but I really think practice is the big thing. Um, you're not going to get better by, you know, not practicing, right? And so I think you want to be a really good cook. You want to be confident when you invite that girl over to your house and cook for her. You know, Connor can tell you he's, he's, learned, he's practiced millions of times with how to cook a good meal. And uh, every time he has to make a new meal, he's pretty confident in himself. So, you know, you know, practice goes a long way. I think practice is a big contributor to confidence. And I think that you need to spend a lot of time practicing, um, you know, and I think that'll definitely help with your confidence going into it. Just like Joe, Joe had uh, practiced a lot on his PMP before he took the test. So I make a mean grilled cheese and tomato soup. So if you ever need that, you know, that's that's Chef Boyardee right there. Gordon Ramsay status. Do you make the tomato soup by hand? No, right out of a can. <laughs> Connor, it's a Campbell's, uh, Campbell's tomato soup? What do you got? Yeah. Um, no, but I, I agree. I think we haven't really talked or touched about the practicing part. Just doing it over and over again. Right, Derek touched on it a little bit with the, the scientific part of it. You know, Finding that failure and uh, recognizing that that didn't work, so I got to change that and you know, over, over time, those fails will come into more positives and you've realized that you've created something incredible. And that's where the confidence can generate from, from the constant doing of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got uh, two other uh, small ones. So I talked about experiencing hardships and doing hard things. And then I think two other little more mental things you could do is to acknowledge that you're, if you have a lack of confidence, it's probably stemming some from some type of fear. And then also just acknowledging your own ignorance and gaining perspective. I think those are two mental things that you could do mm-hmm. to increase your uh, confidence. Sometimes for, for right or wrong, I'll just think, what's the worst that's going to happen? 
Yeah. 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 Don't let go of that fear. Yeah. Actually, Richie, you said something to me a while ago. I, I forgot what we were talking about, but it was pretty much we're talking about like when you experience something new and beforehand you're so apprehensive about it. And then when you go through it on the other side, you're just kind of like, oh, like that, that was it. Like that's, that's what I was so worried about. <laughs> they were talking about that on the Atomic Habits. And he was just saying that you, you build up all this stuff in your head of like, uh, like as a smoker or as a whatever, like your big thing is, um, or I think it was like with drug addiction. The big thing with drug addiction was like, there's a huge dopamine rush that you have in your brain leading up to the activity of which I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, do whatever drug it's whatever your drug of choice is. There's this huge dopamine rush that you have in your brain. And then when you finally actually do it, it, it wasn't, it didn't peak after they did the drug. It peaked before they hit the, like got to use the drug. Oh, what? Yeah. And so after the, after the fact, they were like, oh yeah, like it was whatever. It was not that big of a deal. Like the dopamine rush went away. So like that's the big thing with like drug addiction, and I'm I'm sure with confidence it's the same kind of the same way. Like leading up to the activity, you like freak yourself out. You're like, oh my god, am I actually gonna be able to do this? And then getting into the activity, you're like, oh, like like Jojo said, after the first ten questions of his PMP exam, he's like, oh yeah, I got this. It's fine. I want to make a a real life comparison to our mid twenties lifestyle right now, in which I honestly find myself a little bit more excited to go to the bar before I go to the bar, and then when I'm there, like quite a few drinks deep i'm like dang i should not have drank that uh, much <laughs> you know mm-hmm. one more one more thing i want to touch on the perspective part is that you can always learn something from somebody and i think that's where you can push your arrogance away and you know going going to you derek um one of the leads that you were working with who was very arrogant um, we could look at that as, oh, that guy sucks. And like, oh, I hated how arrogant he was. But I'm sure you can learn a lot from the way he led, the way he did things and what not to do. Right? It's not always about what can be better, but it's about what you can do less of <laughs> that can be uh, a positive as well. So I think taking that perspective and knowing that you can learn anything from everybody or maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> but um, there's yeah. always a there's always a perspective that you can that you can look from and, and learn from. Facts. Acknowledge your ignorance. Acknowledge your ignorance. I like that. Um, cool. All right. So uh, we're going to start to wrap up soon, but there's one more question I'd like to end with. Um, hopefully we get some good personal anecdotes out of it because I'm curious to see what we all say. We don't have to dive too deep if no one wants to, but I want us to all answer the question, when was the most or least confident you've ever been in your life? Because I know there's like certain periods in my life where I can definitely say I was the most confident. I was like, I felt the best or like the least confident where I was just like, it just, it just was so terrible and uneasy in all these different times. So um, anyone want to take a crack at it first? I want to go first. Most confident had to have been middle of college, playing baseball, being in college, um, you know, just kind of living the life so to speak like you know you just like got to do whatever the hell you wanted to um no responsibilities you know i think i was very confident then and i think the least amount of confidence i had was post-college like immediately post-college because you went from you went right from like you're this person you live in i lived in san francisco at the time to moving home with my parents now and like having no no more freedom it felt loser loser <laughs> exactly you felt like a loser 
I mean, it, it, and you're kind of, you're transitioning into this new job. You're doing all these things. And it just didn't feel good. Like I didn't have baseball anymore. I didn't have these things. I literally just kind of everything that I had for so long, I just lost. Right. Um, and you're, you know, low man in the totem pole in this new job, in this new organization, which has hundreds, like you know, thousands of people. And you're just kind of like, you feel like you're kind of like a nobody. Now mm-hmm. you went from this like peak to like, oh yeah, I'm in this valley of like, I don't know who the hell I am. I'm about to start a new job. I don't even know if I'm going to like this job. I don't even know if I'm good enough for this job. Like all these things go through your head and it's an immediate, it's a hundred, 180. It's a, yeah, it's 180 uh, of what, you know, college was to now entering the real world. And, you know, I'm living back at home with my parents and don't really have that many friends here. So this is really not an ideal situation for me. And I think those were my, yeah, my two peaks and my peak and valley. Nice. You didn't need that many friends. You had me. yeah yeah exactly (laughs) interesting interesting question because i am uh i'm gonna take the cheap way out because i think high school i was at least confident i just didn't know myself i just didn't really know anything and i just kind of i kind of followed you know not that i hid behind you two but i would just kind of travel with you guys i would just kind of venture around and i think i was just there and present and I'm probably the most confident I've ever been right now, even post-soccer, even post-college, and, and even in college, because I, I just enjoy how much I've grown, and I can recognize that. I do a lot of retrospective um, thinking, and I get to really look at how much I've grown since exiting college to exiting soccer to where I am now. And it's, it's very exciting for me. And so that's why I have so much confidence right now that I can go and and do other things. And yeah, I mean, you get a little nervous when you want to start something new, but that excites me now. I love those opportunities for growth. But when I look back at it, I've seen myself at, at my low points and that was during high school and the beginning of college. I just didn't know myself or what I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know how to find out what I didn't know. And now I have those opportunities to be more confident, ask when I don't know something. And when I do know something, I'm able to give my input and just feels good. So that's kind of where I'm at with my peaks and valleys. It's been a, a gradual incline as, as some would say, not a bell curve. Nice. Yeah. I'm pretty similar to you, Connor. I'd say my peak, I'm definitely like the most confident like now than I ever was in my entire life. But I think it definitely like some, some high points when I graduated the Academy and then another army school shortly following that. And I think my lowest point was honestly the entire period of time from my transition from adolescence, like late adolescence to becoming a, becoming an adult. I didn't have a, basically like a, a shadow or a guide to guide me through that process. And my worldview drastically changed and I didn't have anyone to like bounce that off of. So I kind of spiraled out of control and that's kind of when I had my chronic, chronic uh, confidence issues and, and, and depression, honestly. So that whole period of time was, was trash until I figured it out. Hey, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Well, I'm totally open to talk about it. But, uh, like, like you said, I can look back now and just being able to look back and be like, well, I came from that. Like, I remember not even like, there's no way I could even like look anyone in the eye and like have a conversation and now to look back and just have so much confidence walking into a room it's it's incredible to look back and see how much you've grown love that yeah 
I don't even want to talk about mine now. That was that was the best one. We should, we should have ended with that. Nah, let's hear it, kid. <laughs> um, so for me, the least confident, I would say, I think would be actually middle school, not high school. And that is largely because I, I feel like it was just correlated with like body changing and you didn't know what's going on. Like, like I didn't have like the the most typical father figure in my life. So I didn't know what, what a guy was really supposed to do. So I had to like figure it out from my friends, which is honestly where I get a lot of my, like I learned a ton from, from you two and, and your parents. And that's just, I don't know. It was just a weird time because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And yeah, it was weird. So most confident though, my, my cocky answer is always going to be right now is the most confident I'm ever going to be. <laughs> You're ever going to be? <laughs> Just like in the moment in time, like right now is the most confident. Ah, I was going to say, damn, dude, you're putting a real staple on confidence. Anyway. No, no, no. Um, but the real answer is the first two years of college are actually contrasting to Richie was for me the first two years after college. Um, I think both times it just like really felt like new and exciting and just like, like the world was my oyster and there's just so much to do and so many people to meet and just like, you know, I just felt good about everything I was doing. And that feeling is now returning right now, like through 2020 and all the things I've been doing in 2021, like right now in this moment, like all the interviews I have going on, the projects I have going on, I just, it just feels really good. Like, I, and it kind of feels like those two tight periods of my life where I felt confident. Like I know, I don't say I know what I'm doing. Cause I definitely, <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. but I know what I'm shooting for and I'm, I'm aligned with that and it feels good. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say the most confident you were was when your mom took you to Disneyland after missing that class. <laughs> that would have been awesome, man. That was the peak. That was pinnacle right there. I was, yeah, man. I was I was on the California Adventure just like, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah. Everybody else is in school. <laughs> nice. Well, I've had a blast on this episode. I, I know three of us could talk forever. At Joe to the Knicks, it's like forever times two because mm-hmm. it just goes on and on. But let's move into our challenge for this week, which I'm going to toss it over to Richie to give us some uh, Atomic Habits challenges. Challenge. All right. So we've talked a little bit about our morning routines and things like that. So this is to help you guys with that, as well as to identify just the silly things that we do in the mornings that I think are really funny. Um, so anyways, so basically what I want you guys to do, or the challenge is basically this. Take the first two hours of your day and list out all the habits that you guys do, all the activities that you do, and identify like which ones are habits. Um, so basically that could look like, hey, I wake up in the morning, I make my bed, I brush my teeth, I floss, I make coffee. After I floss, I make coffee, I do whatever, right? Um, so just kind of identify all these things that you do for the first two hours of your day, whether you meditate, like JoJo said he meditates, that's really cool. Um, so do all these, figure, identify all these things. When you identified all the things, add a plus, a minus or an equal sign next to it. The plus identity plus means like, Hey, this is a really good habit that I have here. The minus meaning like, Hey, I, I maybe need to think about, you know, chopping this out or doing something else here. Um, and the equal just being like, Hey, this is pretty neutral. This is just something I do. Like brushing your teeth might just be something you do. Uh, it's just a neutral habit. And the idea here being like, I think what you will, what will happen is you're going to identify, hey, I actually don't make my bed in the morning. Maybe I need to add add that to a thing. Maybe I need to add that as a habit. And so every day after I brush my teeth, I'm going to go over there and make my bed. Like that's going to be one of my new habits. Um, so I, I hope that is going to be an interesting interesting one. I think it's 
I haven't done it yet, but reading this book has really opened my eyes to like, holy crap, I do a lot of stupid stuff. I do a lot of habits that just kind of burn a lot of time. Like after work, I'll turn on my Xbox. It just becomes a habit now. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I should I do that? Well, it helps me decompress. I don't know. Is it good or bad? I don't know. Um, it, it could be good. Um, so I think it's it's up to it's up to you guys to determine whether it's good or bad habit for you. You know how you use your time, but um, I think this should be a good challenge. So I'll also post a link on Instagram or something, um, or maybe I'll give it to Derek. We'll put it in the in the description of our episode here. Nice. I have a question regarding logistics on this. Are we going to do this every day for this week or is it just weekdays? What's just, up? yeah, I think just do it one day for the week, uh, week during the week. What do you do during the middle of like, the, you know, five of the, ten, you know, five of the seven days a week. Right. Um, it is rather interesting. Cause again, like if I work out and I only work out when I drop my kids off after at, to school, you know, you're not doing that on the weekends. So do you work out on the weekends? How are you building a habit there? It's, it's tough. Um, but yeah. I think five of the seven days, I think it, that'll help us become self-aware uh, of, you know, what, what things that we do and what things we don't. I definitely think my weekdays are vastly different than my weekends. So I'd prefer to just at least work on the five days versus the two days. Okay. Some, days on, some days on the weekends I wake up, I'm over and, you know, everything's out of, you know, it gets thrown out the window at that point. Yeah. So we're doing we're targeting Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, choose a day. Just write down the write down what you do for the first two hours of your day. Identify whether or not you're missing things. Identify whether or not you want to add things. You know, just plus minuses next to them, and equal signs for neutrals. Shoot, yeah. Nice man. Let's see how long we stay on our phones for. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one bad habit I have that I need to get out of is uh, looking at that in the first two hours. Anyway. Likewise. Cool. All right. Well, uh, do you guys, do you two have any questions on this? Are we all good to go? All okay. Gucci. All right. Well, it's that time. Eat a baguette weekly on Mondays. Go eat that wheat, baby. Sorry, let me put my baguette down. I didn't realize you podcasters were still listening. Well, since you are, why not head over to our Instagram page at the underscore baguette underscore boys and DM us. Let us know how all the challenges are going. And why not let us know how your yearly, maybe monthly, or even weekly goals are going. We'd love to interact with you guys and get new perspective to see how we can better ourselves and maybe even better you. Catch you guys next Monday. Peace out.